Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Chris Lopresti. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. Oh, you know it's a Sunday fill-in when you get that. Was that Siri? Is that who that was, Rosie? Or something along the lines of Siri? Alexa, close enough. You get the name shout from the uh, the AI technology, pretty much. Yes, it is. Crystal Presti hanging out with you on a Sunday evening here on the fan at 877-337-6666. You're stuck with me for the next four hours right up until 10 o'clock. You know, a real professional would have checked the schedule to see who's coming on after me. Oh, Lori Rubinson, of course, with her regular Sunday evening program. So I'm glad I figured that out on the fly. Polly Rosenberg's on the other side, working uh, four minutes of overtime. Connor Green standing by, ready to take over. He's not late. He is here. He's ready to go. Rosenberg just doesn't want to relinquish the controls. That's where we're at. As he pointed out to me, we never see each other anymore. So he feels guilty, and he wants to stick around and hang with me for another couple of minutes. So I'm in kind of a bad mood, I'll be honest with you, for a variety of reasons. We won't delve into all of them. Uh, I was not at the Devils-Flyers game last night. I was not in Las Vegas for Super Bowl week. I was not at MetLife Stadium today for Rangers-Islanders, which is still going, third period. So we'll give you sort of a uh, full recap and some thoughts on that later on once the game goes final. As you just heard from Pete McCarthy there, the Islanders do have a 5-3 lead. We're going to talk to Arthur Staple of The Athletic later on this evening, probably somewhere around 8.30 or so once he wraps up uh, his post-game duties. He is in the building, as they say, in East Rutherford, and he's locked in on the Rangers. He's locked in on the Islanders, Little Devils as well. So we'll kind of go around the uh, metropolitan area as far as the hockey locals go with Arthur Staple coming up a little bit later on. But um, yeah, my Rangers are trailing. It's a rough morning on the ice for my son. My soon-to-be eight-year-old had an evaluation trying to take the next step in his hockey playing career. That did not go well, so I had to really uh, put out some fires there uh, late this morning. It was a bad scene. So it's been an interesting day. I'm also getting over strep throat, which is always interesting. Sickness going through my house. So it's just been a grand old time and a wonderful week. And oh, by the way, I should mention my wife was out of town for five days. So, you know, it's been interesting. It's been interesting. But i tell you what I'm going to do. Instead of piss and moan and complain. I'm going to take some accountability, and I'm going to fall on the sword. Instead of be that guy that says, never said that, check the tapes, whatever the case may be, I'm going to take you back, at least at the start here, as we talk a little baseball with uh, pitchers and catchers already, of course, in Florida for the Mets and the Yankees and the full squad workouts coming up this week. Baseball is imminent right around the corner. And last summer, I don't remember even now at this point what month it was, the day, it doesn't matter. But when the Mets decided to hit the TNT button on their season and blow things up, and basically go into sell mode and trade away Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander and others, but those were the key names, with Steve Cohen paying the extra money to bring back the better prospects. We all know what happened. And I got into a legit argument, borderline shouting match on the air 
with Al Dukes on the warm-up show one day, and then later that morning with Gio on the air on the morning show, Boomer and Gio, and I was filling in, I don't remember if it was for Boomer or Jerry, it doesn't really matter. But these guys who basically said, well, the Mets are basically telling you that's it, that 2024 is over too, it doesn't matter, it's over. They're basically blowing up the ship, and they're going to not only punt on 2023, but 2024 is out of the question as well. And me being more of the level-headed, even-keeled, see things from both sides, let's wait and see, let's wait and see how it all plays out. I was like, can we just hold on a second here? Let's wait and can we wait for the offseason, see what kind of moves are made. David Stern's coming aboard. They're going to be going after Yamamoto. Maybe they make a run at Otani. Like, let's just wait and see. Maybe this is deep cover from Steve Cohen, wanting everyone to believe that, you know what? I spent all this money. We put together what we thought was this super team, and we took a shot at and tried to win on the run. It didn't work, and now we're going to kind of tighten up the belts a little bit and we're going to build from within and we're going to build a sustained winner which hopefully they are doing in the long run but I wasn't fully convinced that this was going to be you know bargain bin bargain aisle shopping for the Mets this offseason and unfortunately that's exactly what it's turned out to be so I've got to fall on the sword and take accountability and admit that I was wrong Al and Gio were right, and others, many Met fans who have been angry from the moment those trades went down in the summer all the way through the end of the season, throughout the winter, into these early days of February, post-Super Bowl week, where we're now looking ahead with all eyes for most of us on pitchers and catchers, spring training, and opening day, oh, what, about a month or so, and change around around the corner. A little bit longer than that. But it'll, it'll be here before we know it. And i got to be quite honest, I don't exactly understand or know what the plan is here for the Mets, at least in the short term. In the long term, fine. Buck out, Billy Epler out, David Stearns in. You've got all these prospects that you've traded for, in addition to the guys you already had in your farm system, trying to build it up from within with eyes on 2025 and beyond. You want to build sustained success, a sustained winner, not going into free agency as much, not trading for the big name or the big contract. Like I understand and I get all of that. However, this is New York City. This is an owner with billions upon billions of dollars that uh, go towards go to his name. And I'm not saying that that means he has to spend to the top limits at all times. Not saying he's got to be the Dodgers and go out and do what they did this offseason where they basically just, you know, poached all the big names outside of the Yankees trading for Juan Soto. But I would have liked to see a little bit more aggressiveness. And when you look right now at where the Mets stand heading into this season, in the starting rotation... You've got a guy in Kodai Senga who, listen, first year in the bigs, very impressive. A lot to like. I think answered a lot of questions that we had coming into the year, and we didn't quite know what to expect. And he was relatively consistent. There were some blips along the way, maybe early on, trying to figure out the regular MLB rotation and the days of rest as compared to what he was used to in Japan. But to have him at the top of this rotation now where you're going to rely upon him to be the ace, little suspect. Jose Quintana, who I'm also a fan of. So both of those pitchers, let me just say, I do like them. And I like the Quintana edition. It was unfortunate that he had sort of that freak injury spring training last year, missed the first half of the year, but you saw the type of pitcher he can be when he came back from injury second half of the year. Now, sure, maybe the stakes weren't as high. Mets were out of it. Weren't high leverage games. But veteran pitcher, reliable, take the ball. He's going to give you a solid six innings or so. Knows how to get outs without having overwhelming dominant stuff. He's not going to blow you away or anything like that. He knows how to pitch. That's a good guy to have in your rotation. But here's where it starts to go south. Okay? And this is New York City. You've got Pete Alonzo for at least one more year. You've got Lindor. You've paid Nimmo. You've paid uh, Jeff McNeil. You've got a burgeoning star, hopefully, in Francisco Alvarez. 
you hope that you're getting a bounce back here from Starling Marte. So it's really still, for the most part, at least in the everyday lineup, a pretty veteran team. They're trying to mix in some young guys. We mentioned Alvarez. You see a little bit more of Beatty this year, perhaps. And Mark Vientos, you know, unfortunate that Mauricio got hurt in playing winter ball. I mean, that, that stinks. There's no way around that, but it is what it is. When you look at the rest of this rotation. Sean Manaya, Luis Severino, Tyler McGill, Adrian Hauser. Take your pick of those four. Who's going to fill out those final three spots? And you just go right down the line with these numbers from a year ago. And I mean, leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, everyone's over four in the ERA department. Severino had the worst year of his career, north of six and a half. The whips are high. You got, in Manaya's case, you know, last season wasn't even a regular starter. Appeared in 37 games. He made 10 starts. And we're slotting him in right now in the middle of this rotation. I mean, and that wouldn't bother me as much if I felt like the Mets had some guys on the rise from the minor league system that were knocking on the door pitching-wise. We were waiting for those guys to step up last year and never really saw it, right? That was supposed to be Tyler McGill. That was supposed to be David Peterson. Maybe to a lesser extent of Joey Lucchese. And you go through the Met top prospect lists right now, and I know there's a zillion of them from different outlets. People have different opinions, so on and so forth. But... Right now, this prospect pool that the Mets have gathered and put together through these various trades that they've made, they've brought back some names that obviously have some upside and some names that are well-regarded throughout the prospect world. If you want to go on MLB.com, take a look at where they stand. You've got all position players right now in their top five. And the top guy is Jet Williams, who ranks number 45 overall in all of baseball. Now, look, I am one as I've always been a proponent of the opinion that what do these prospect lists mean? Sometimes everything, sometimes nothing. Plenty of examples of guys that were rated high, that were busts, and guys that came out of nowhere who were, you know, late-round draft picks, undrafted, whatever the case may be, not thought of highly, that turned into stars in baseball. So I'm not trying to say that it's an exact science. Of course it's not. But if I'm trying to get on board with, okay, what's the plan here for the Mets? What's the outlook for David Stearns and Steve Cohen? What are they trying to do here? Carlos Mendoza, first-time manager, going to come across from the Yankees and kind of figure this out on the fly a little bit. But you've still got some veteran players, and if you really have any interest in keeping Pete Alonso long-term, outside of showing him the money with Scott Boris as his agent now, you know you want to you want to bounce back from the stink that was the end of 2022 and all of 2023. And I'm not saying that means they got to go all in and win the division and go to the NLCS for the World Series. But right now, you know, you're having a hard time envisioning the Mets in this division, in the National League, you know, really being any sort of threat or legitimate contender. Now, maybe there's be some guys that we don't we aren't relying on for a lot of production right now that'll catch us by surprise. Maybe McNeil going goes back to being a, you know, an NL batting title guy. Maybe Marte goes back to being an all-star. Obviously, you're getting Diaz back in the bullpen and you feel like he's healthy and ready to go probably was in September and should be back to being maybe not the dominant force that he was in 2022, but somewhere close where you've got a reliable guy at the end of your bullpen. But it feels like there are a couple arms short and we've said all offseason Pretty much anywhere you can go or find or listen to, whether it be a fan, whether it be a host, whether it be an analyst, that they're a bat short in their lineup. And there have been guys that have been been out there, been available, and they've kind of just come and gone, and the Mets have decided not to pull the trigger or make the move. So when push comes to shove and we line up on opening day and we start to play these games, there's not gonna, I think there's going to be a lot of sympathy for David Stearns and for Steve Cohen and for, to a lesser extent, Carlos Mendoza if – this turns into a disaster for the Mets here this coming season. 
Now, expectations are lower, so sometimes that helps you lie in the weeds a little bit or there's a little bit of apathy because you know fans coming, coming into the season with such low expectations are feeling like, you know what, this isn't a World Series contender, whereas we felt differently about the Mets the last two years coming into the season. But... You know, outside of a bunch of these young prospects sort of breaking through, maybe a little sooner than expected, really does feel like it's going to be 2025, maybe even in some cases with some of these guys, 2026. And at some point, where do the arms come from? Because when I look at this prospect list, you kind of got to go a little bit further down the list to find a pitcher or a couple of pitchers. So I'm all for getting younger, building through the farm system, going that route for sustained success, building up you know, what would be a new core, an up-and-coming core, but it can't just be a bunch of position players that may or may not work out. At some point, you got to field a representable pitching staff, starting rotation. And I don't know exactly where that's coming from right now. You want to say they're going to go back into the free agent market or the trade market next offseason, be a little bit more active there? Perhaps. Perhaps. And look, there have been a bunch of names out there that, and still a few of them remaining out there that I wouldn't exactly be uh, bending over backwards to sign or give real long-term deals to in terms of a lot of years. You know, the Yankees have had their flirtations with Blake Snell. That's a name that really doesn't excite me all that much. I understand he's got a track record, a resume, you know, Cy Young Awards under his belt. Um, but I don't know. For whatever reason, it's just not a guy that I feel all that confident giving big money long-term deals to. Jordan Montgomery's a guy we've seen here in New York with the Yankees. And look, he's a serviceable pitcher. Um, not the kind of guy that's going to get you all excited or anything like that, but a guy that you could pop into the middle of your rotation and feel pretty good about. And at this stage of the winter with spring right around the corner and grapefruit league games right around the corner and opening day, not that far away. And some of these guys remaining unsigned, you know, I have to believe that the market and the price point has come down on some of these guys. So whether it's the Mets or whether it's the Yankees even, because you heard Brian Cashman say they are not, quote, pencils down as far as their pitching staff goes, and they have their own question marks, which we'll address a little bit as we go throughout the course of the show here before we dive into some hockey talk when this Rangers-Islander game ends. You know, there's some names out there that you just wonder, what what exact, what are we missing? Why are these local teams not in on trying to strengthen their rotations heading into this season? So for the Yankees, in a year where... They're guaranteed nothing beyond one season of Juan Soto. And for the Mets, because of the way they've chosen to approach the Pete Alonso situation, which is a whole nother conversation and perplexing discussion and perplexing situation and trying to figure out what's really going on behind the scenes. So you've got two big-time players on expiring contracts with no guarantee of locking those guys up long-term. You know, you would think you would want to not put all your chips to the center of the table, but put a bunch of them to the center of the table and take a shot at this thing, take a run at it. So I'm just a little confused and perplexed by some of the decision-making, philosophies, approach for both of the local teams. The Mets more so than the Yankees. Because, I mean, look, the Yankees haven't been active spenders in free agency. But when you bring aboard one of the best players in baseball via trade in one offseason, I mean, you can't just discount that. So that, that I mean, it has to be factored in. I cannot ignore that. But as we head towards the later stages of February here, and the sun starts to shine down there in Florida and Tampa and in Port St. Lucie. And we start to see these guys in uniform, those crappy new Fanatics Nike-designed uniforms, which look like an amateur knockoff, more so for teams not named the Yankees, because the Yankees, of course, don't have the, the name on the back. All these other teams that have the names stitched on the back in that smaller font as compared to the, I don't know, it just doesn't look right. So bad job. I'm not the only one. It's been said for the last week or so. 
I don't know. I should be more excited about baseball season than I am. And I'm I'm left kind of just with a, eh, I don't really know what to feel about either of these teams right now. Maybe I'm in the wrong. Maybe you feel differently, especially when it comes to Pete Alonzo and the Mets. And I do see we have a couple of those calls up already at 877-337-6666. So let's start right there and get a couple calls in before our first break. And first up, we'll talk to Phil down in Durham, North Carolina. What's up, Phil? What is up, my friend? Um, just two quick things. One on Pete Alonzo. Quick question, which is, I know there are a lot of doubters about where about if he's going to resign with the Mets. My question is, where does he go next year? Because I don't know. It kind of leads into my point, which is, I mean, growing up, you know, the power hitting first baseman was the face of the franchise. Jason Giambi, Mark Teixeira, David Ortiz. All these Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera. I think the first, the power hitting first baseman is becoming the running back of MLB. I don't <laughs> think they're going to be valued anymore. Yeah, and I, I think that's going to play in. Yeah, Phil. I mean, maybe not what they once were, but I mean, the home run is still valued across baseball. And when you're talking about a guy who, you know, for the most part, plays almost every day and is a regular 50 plus home run hitter in the prime of his career. I mean, maybe he's not going to get the, you know, 10, 11, 12 year contract like some of these other guys are getting that are more in their 20s. But I mean, I'd imagine that he's still going to do handsomely from a, you know, millions of dollars per year basis as compared to what he's been getting so far under team control with the Mets. And, and I get that. I'm just saying, you know, I just, but that leads into again the question of where does he go? I think because there'll I be su- I think there'll be suitors, Phil. I mean, uh, I know a lot of folks have already made the point of, well, would the Yankees get involved if he gets to the market with Anthony Rizzo's contract that's going to expire, and he's getting a little bit further up there in age. Not that Alonzo's a spring chicken, but if you know Juan Soto goes to the open market, and for whatever reason the Yankees, you know, have to bow out of that. Would they pivot to a guy like Alonzo? So, I mean, that's look, it's a major hypothetical right now. We're a whole year away from kind of figuring that out, assuming that the Mets don't hammer something out with Alonzo in season. And right now, you have no reason to believe that they will, based on what we're hearing from both sides. But no, do I th- do, do I think we're going to be sitting here, you know, next February 18th with Alonzo still sitting out there unsigned on the open market looking for his next team? That would really surprise me. But he's a Boris. He's a Boris client, and aren't all? I, I think at least two or two of the three guys between yeah, Malamonk, I mean, at least two of the three are are Boris clients. I mean, this guy's gonna. I mean, this guy's gonna wait it out. And would it really shock anyone if you know if he pulls in, if we have another Aaron Judge situation where he's gonna have a career year, and now all of a sudden he's the hottest free agent in baseball? And look, you you mentioned the Yankees. What a disaster that would be. You know, for them, like for Cohen, I mean, everyone would be saying that Cohen's another is, would be is Cohen. Cohen's another will pop. Well, Phil, in that scenario, that I think people are saying if the Mets somehow threw the threw the uh, the wallet in the bank at Juan Soto and poached him from the Yankees on the free agent market, that the Yankees could then pivot and go with Alonzo. Now, look, that's sort of like you know, fantasy baseball video game talk right now at this stage. I'm not trying to say that that's any sort of likelihood, but that's the scenario people are painting. Hey, the Mets end up with Soto long-term, but the the Yankees turn around and they get uh, Alonzo to play first base and hit a million home runs for them. So, I mean, we're a long ways off from that, but that's sort of the the narrative and the conversation I've heard uh, numerous times over the course of the last couple weeks here in town. I know, but if you're a Mets fan right now, you have to kind of think like that because you were everyone. You just said it. The Mets are punting 2024. 
It I seems mean, that way, Phil. I agree, and thank you for the call. Thank you for starting us off on a strong foot. Uh, yeah, I don't really understand that. Uh, again, I didn't expect them to be, you know, all in the way the Dodgers were this offseason. We know that they took their legit run at Yamamoto just like the Yankees did. And if you heard Brian Cashman, uh, any of the clips or the excerpts he was on with the John Boy guys this week, and he talked about how he really felt like, specifically for the Yankees, but the same probably could be said for the Mets, this really came down to geography and locale and that the New York teams were fighting a losing battle against Southern California and Los Angeles and just all that there is when it comes to that. I mean, the Dodgers and what they can offer financially doesn't hurt, and Otani's presence there obviously doesn't hurt either. Um, But for a guy coming across from Japan – you can understand where maybe they feel it's a little bit of an easier transition. I mean, look, you've had the Japanese player come to New York on both sides. We've seen Japanese players have success with the Mets and the Yankees now. There have been some flameouts and some failures, but there have been some successes as well. So it's not like there's no precedent or past history there to draw upon, but Brian Cashman made the point of, hey, we went out to, I think it was L.A., for the meeting with Yamamoto and sitting there with uh, with Aaron Boone and Matt Blake, the pitching coach, looking out at the ocean and the blue sky and so this is what we're competing with right here. Whereas when they brought Yamamoto to New York, it was cold and rainy and gray and soggy and miserable. I mean, not that that's the only reason to make your decision, but you know, all these things for some guys, they they play a factor. Some guys are just about the money. Other guys are about the full package and the full picture. But for the Mets, yeah, I was expecting more of a middle ground approach. This has been more of the, you know, you want to call it the Wilpon approach. I'll call it the small market approach. That's what it's felt like. Now it's just one year. You know, we can't we can't we can't lie to ourselves and act like Steve Cohen didn't spend a ton of money the last couple of years he did and he didn't have anything to show for that. So going fully the opposite, maybe a little jarring. Um, but we'll see in the short term if they have to deal with some some lumps and some pain for long term gain, as they say. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Chris Lepresti just getting started here on a Sunday evening. We'll go all the way till ten o'clock. Time is ticking down at MetLife Stadium. No change in the scoring. In fact, the Rangers right now just pulled Igor Shosturkin with five and a half minutes to go. They're on a power play. So looking uh, to at least get a little closer here with a fourth goal. They did get within one at four to three after falling behind four to one. But the Islanders uh, on a good bounce off a deflected puck early in the period had sort of an easy tapping goal to make it uh, five three. Restore their two goal advantage. They've been the better team by far in this game, pretty much from the opening minute when the Rangers scored on their first shot. Uh, for the most part, it's been an Islanders uh, advantage throughout. I think that they are well above 40 shots at this point. So we'll get into uh, much further detail on this one as we go along. We'll kick it off with a little baseball talk here while we wait for the hockey to uh, wrap up. And we will uh, return with more of your phone calls when we come back on the other side here on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.